I'm Elia Habur for the Beirut Banyan. This conversation happened on Thursday night. It was a typical cold night in Martyr Square. Um, not too many people were around, but I bump into someone whom I had previously interviewed. He was sitting in a tent that was recently erected between DHL and I'd say the church. So it's in that space in between. And then he invites me to a talk that was happening at 7 p.m. about the economical situation in Lebanon. Afterwards, we head back uh, close to that tent for me to meet other people who are contributing to this tent and kind of debrief on the talk that just happened. Here's our conversation. Okay. So if we can kick things off officially now, if you don't mind, please providing me with your name, age and profession. Okay, I'm Faisal Sfer. Uh, I'm like uh, 32 years old and I uh, am an uh, economic teacher. So I teach economics. That's it. Yeah. Faisal, what brings you here tonight? There's a talk, there are multiple activities happening, but why did you choose to attend this talk? because I want to know more about the economical crisis here in Lebanon. So I need to find like uh, more uh, solutions to fight it back and to try to create some uh, uh, growth here in Lebanon and economical growth. Yeah. So based on what we've both heard already tonight, it seems that we have options, but maybe we don't have the will as a collective yet. Do you see any hope in that changing anytime soon? Yeah, of course. I believe in uh, people. And I think that if we are creative enough, uh, we can build a campaign. Uh, we can influence people to hold up and to do some uh, movement to create like a new system, if we, uh, if we want to say it. Yeah. In, in the stages of that campaigning, um, it, it starts with creating awareness. But afterwards, after people know it's time to make a decision, where do you think most people are right now? Because some people complain saying that we've all known this for a while. The problem is not that we don't know, the problem is we don't have a plan of action. Do you think we're at the formulation of a plan or we still are trying to tell people what's going on? Look, the problem now is that people uh, don't have uh, confidence in the political movement here in Lebanon. So the problem is between empowerment, people are empowered because uh, they are seeing some huge strikes and uh, they don't have confidence anymore. But I don't think that they are ready to like work in a coalition to change uh, the system. That's why we need leadership. I'm not talking about one leader, but we can like create a collective leadership to spread awareness and to say that we can do it. We can do it without like destroying everything. We have solutions, so we need to focus on one point and uh, to go from one point to another, to choose a weak point and then create a winning strike and then to go to the other point and to the other point. So it's about empowering people to tell them that we are capable to do some changes and to be smart and play it like in a strategic way. Okay, so we need to create tactic to create some uh, winning point and then to go to the strategic uh, side, if you want. Um, I'm going to push you a bit on that and ask you um, or propose the fact that many people are saying the power of this movement is that it's leaderless. And even without leaders, some people are able to gather in front of ministries, in front of specific places to maybe score some points and maybe uh, guide people towards specific issues. What do you think is the weakness in this model? Okay, look, uh, random movement are somehow strong because they can't tackle us. I mean, the, uh, the government can't tackle us. 
but by doing some random movement we are not holding up to a like a specific point to make some different so if we want to attack corruption let's say we can choose for example Zaytuna Bay and then attack it even use like uh, some lawyers uh, to do some uh, like da'awi and then we can attack it in like a very 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 specific way and in a continuous way and after that we can spread awareness uh, TVs and uh, media will uh, will speak about it so everyone will uh, help us and by doing so we can make a winning strike and then like kill التعديات البحريه will like uh, follow it they will go down one by one so by by having a leader we can we can act strategically without a leader we can move randomly but they can manipulate us by using a lot of techniques and they are very smart I want to also push you on that. So I've heard this argument before and this is why I'm countering that way. So some people argue, as we also heard in the previous discussion, that even if you bring lawsuits to specific uh, areas that are corrupt or have specific issues around them, we go back to the initial problem where our judiciary system is not fully independent. Do you think Or do you still have faith that bringing about lawsuits is an effective way to channel this energy? Okay, I have faith in people. So I think it is like not a judicial uh, movement only. It's like a psychological movement. So if we push and push and push, let's say the judge is uh, corrupted. Okay, let's say that uh, he has a daughter and then she will uh, go to school. And everyone at the school will say to her that your father is corrupted. She will come back home crying. She will tell her father that you are corrupted. And then his wife, and then his friend, and then everyone around him. So he will collapse psychologically. And then we can use that psychological weakness to, to win, if you want. It is not only a one-side, uh, if you want, a one-side fight. It's like multiple a ground of uh, war and we can win it by focusing not only on uh, judges but if people have enough power and we have enough power on media so we can create that campaign that will uh, like change uh, his psychology not only the power of the system after all even we saw that in the Arabic Spring when everyone is like politically chosen by a, a dictator And then they are uh, they collapse. Why did they collapse? Because they are human being and they have psychological weaknesses. So we can do that. Um, in that path that you see people moving forward, and hopefully, in your case, you're hoping uh, leadership will emerge. How do you imagine that those leaders would be? embraced by this movement since every time someone or some name is floating around saying that they're meeting with someone or they took a meeting with someone else they're automatically crucified online how do you imagine if that person or multiple people do emerge based on whatever criteria that you think um, they should hold they would be embraced by the people look uh, leaders are not uh, will never be paratroopers So we'll, uh, they will go from up to down. They can't do that. I imagine that leaders will emerge from, uh, from the ground, you know, from the strikes, from the confidence of the people around them. 
So by that I'm talking about leadership. I'm not talking about paratroopers who are like opportunists and they are trying to like, uh, I'm here and I can lead you, you are searching for, um, uh, for a leader, so I am the leader and I don't know what. So uh, it's like, uh, it is a process. Creating leadership, it is a process that will go from down to upside by the confidence of the people around this person and by the winning strikes that this person will do. Okay, so it is more like collective leadership. It's like a group of people that will lead this ground. Not, it's not about one-man show. It will never be. Um, it's been 50 days. What have you learned in those 50 days, either about yourself, fellow Lebanese, or the country in general that you didn't know before? I have learned that we are like great people. We deserve uh, great things. We are like oppressed. We are depressed. But after all, we are a, a really, really, really great people. I know a lot of people here that uh, that are like uh, unemployed because of the system, because of the crisis here. But uh, even in this hard circumstances, they are fighting back. They are trying to laugh, to smile, and to do something great, which is great. Um, how do you manage? the conversations that at least I seem to be having on a daily basis, whether with family or with friends who are still apprehensive about what's going on on the ground. They're not sure, they're, they really can't put their faith in what's going on on the ground. How do you deal with those conversations? Yeah, I just uh, know why they are thinking like that. And I know that uh, maybe they are poorer than us. Okay, but uh, they don't have enough uh, confidence in us. I, I don't imagine that in a day or a night they will change their uh, mindset or uh, they will do a paradigm shift. But uh, by speaking with them and by going from their point to my point, I can make a little bit of changes. Uh, they call it in French presque rien. It's a very, a very, very, very little thing that will create a, like, a cognitive dissonance in the long run. So I'm doing so. Um, in a couple of years, if people are looking back at this moment in our history, what do you think they're going to remember about this? Or what do you hope they will remember? I hope that they will uh, remember that uh, the religious story of Lebanon is only illusion. We are here from uh, every religious. I don't even know what the religion of my friend here and we are working as one person. So I hope that they will know that uh, this uh, like uh, uh, oligarchy uh, is lying, is telling us that we need to fear from ourselves. So they need to know that we are one, one strong uh, country that we can really create difference and we can fight back. I hope so. Elia Haber, signing off from Martyr Square for the Beirut Banyan.